Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I say, welcome back. You're listening to another episode of a show called Amateur Hour. It's brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag, do you believe? This is a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I am your host, Max, along with... Cheerio, Shreyas. Cheerio, I say. And today we will be talking about the lovely topic of sports. Amateur hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 83... 83 more one more than the nba regular season mm. we got a lot or of the, got, or the nba regular season for the team that has to go to the plan the tournament finals for that new tournament uh in-season tournament proposal which is not happening this year but next no. year who knows yeah we'll see <laughs> they're just trying to they're really trying to stretch it out yeah <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, folks, uh, thank you very much for being here with Shrey and I. We are hope you are having a fantastic day, wherever you may be, whether it's the car, your kitchen, or, I don't know, some closet somewhere. We don't know where you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> um, but welcome to the show. Today, we've got a lot of football. The trade deadline is closing today. Uh, and we've got a lot of basketball. we got a situation out of Brooklyn that, oh, boy. Things just keep getting more and more colorful. We're going to talk about all that and more, but first, we're going to kick things off with the Weekly Highs. The Weekly Highs. So I've got the Weekly Highs this week, and my personal Weekly High is that uh, this past weekend was Halloween, which is one of my favorite holidays and favorite weekends out of the year. Uh, you get to do a little dressing up, but it was good. It's good to go out, good to see some people, do a little bit of dancing, had some trick-or-treaters come through, good costumes, and I thought I was going to be stuck with a lot of candy, but that was not the case. So thank oh, God wow. it's all out of here. I know. So you, you bought the perfect proportion of candy per two, th- three bags, three bags. Wow, that is actually a lot of candy. That means a lot of kids probably came. It was a, it was a horde, hordes. Of children. <laughs> Mini monsters. And Mini monsters. Yeah, no, it was good. It was like 5.30 and uh, you're thinking, we're like, I don't think anybody's going to come by. And then from like 6 to 7, it was just. Oh, 5.30 is early. Five th- what time do people go trick-or-treating? I guess like, I don't know. Like 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like around the time where they actually started coming. <laughs> I think, yeah, right. It's people like, wait for it to get like dark out. Yeah, it's like, it's like around my neighborhood, it was like 6 to 8.30 maybe. And then mm. you could tell, like, when the like the houses and like stuff were getting tired of kids coming over, and they're like, "Now nah, we're just gonna shut off everything." So around eight thirty, is that like I'm too tired to stand around and wait for kids to like come around to trick or treat really late? I don't have time for this. Get out of here. <laughs> for my sports high, uh, <laughs> my sports high is uh, for all those Los Angeles Lakers fans out there. Congratulations, you've gotten one win. That's my sports high this week. Uh, on the backs of your superstars and Are Lonnie put the banner up now? We're gonna we're hanging the banner. One win, one in five, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's my high. Thank God you guys are really turning it around. Um, just want to say that through the first five games, not the first six, uh, but through the first five games, the Lakers have shot the worst. Open three-point percentage in NBA history. Wow. That's a stat. Wow. In NBA history. This is not this year. This is not the past five years. This is ever. That's the team they put around LeBron and AD. That's kind of insane. LeBron is not is not guiltless, though. That's all I'm going to say. That's true. But I feel like whenever they he have has... They have no bench. Yeah. yeah, whenever he has no one around him... He has the tendency to just like 
Chuck and be like, I'm just going to take it over. And like, he's not the best three point shooter in the world either. So if he had actual shooters, it probably would lower his bad three point percentage taken, but they don't. And so it, he happens to be a a culprit in all of this. (laughs) He does. He does. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the Lakers a little bit more on a future episode, but Right now, Shrey, I think we need to bring things down to the lows. <laughs> the lows. Yes. So I'll start with my personal low. And that is going to be, I went to the doctor's office. I uh, had a follow-up appointment for, uh, for, for listeners of the previous iteration of this pod. I had, a, I had an issue in August where I had like, you know, like my leg was giving me some troubles and and things mm. like that, uh, and it was it was an issue for like about a week. So I had a follow up just to you know close the loop on it uh, with the specialist and that, and they um, they asked me if I stretched enough, and oh. that is something I uh, happen to not do enough of. Oh, and so they were like, yeah, like you know when you start feeling muscle tightness in places you could feel like referred pain and like you know like if it's like the the hip region the upper groin region like the core like if you're just not stretching like the leg obviously so it's like if you're just not stretching like you could feel it in another place where you're like that's weird why am i Mm -hmm. why am i like feeling any soreness or anything like that Mm -hmm. and so it kind of Woke a bell up and wow. rang a bell. It exposed him. Exposed me. He fully exposed me. He like he was like he asked me two questions that exposed me. One is the stretching, which I feel like whenever I I just go out and do exercise, and I've always right. been like, oh, I'm fine. Like, and usually I get sore, but like it's like a it's like oh, I'm sore because I exercise, and then the next day I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fine. So yeah. I've never done it, but I've just kind of continued the habit, and uh. So that they exposed me on. And then also they were like, how much water you drink? And we know about my water drinking habits. I'm like <laughs> always kind of dehydrated. And so they were like, A no, you got to drink thirst. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, you got to drink two liters. And I was like, yeah. uh, how many, how many ounces is that? And I was how like, how many oh, cups is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. How, how many Jasani <laughs> water bottles do I need? <laughs> what is like, your doctor British? <laughs> yeah. So I need you to drink two liters. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry what what do i need to do yeah that's i mean yes you're right Trey. you should probably be drinking more water and everybody yeah. listening ask yourself have you had enough water today oh well done i don't have my water here so yeah. i'm i'm the culprit of dehydration so today. i was i was definitely exposed today at the or last week at the the doctor's office but now i know <laughs> what i need to improve on so you know it's all about continuous life improvement improvement yes yes so we're gonna turn that negative to a positive i'm sorry folks. Mm-hmm. you thought it was all negative it's not so for my sports low max we're gonna move to the raiders and the saints game and i'm gonna focus on the raiders because like you and me this past week they also scored zero points in an nfl game so the the las vegas raiders <laughs> Wow, I feel so connected to Mr. Derek Carr. <laughs> so connected. He, he, speaking of Derek Carr, he threw for 101 yards on 26 pass attempts. 101 Ooh. yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And he got benched for Jared Stidham, ex-Patriots quarterback Jared Stidham, who came in and threw 13 times and, and had 72 yards. So... Just a a magically bad performance. Like, I don't even think, like, you could think of, like, considering the talent on that team, right? Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Like, like Derek Carr is what we thought was a, a middling quarterback, a decent quarterback, at least. Well, I, I would say people think that he's a little bit better. That's yeah, why like, he's still around. Right. And at least should be better in this offense. The, the top three receivers, Max, were Mac Hollins, Foster Moreau, <laughs> and Keelan Cole. And then the fourth receiver is Amir Abdullah. Jacobs, Renfro, Adams combined for 20 yards 
receiving. Hey, that's first team all cardio. They're going to the Pro Bowl <laughs> for being able to put on a uniform. They probably were the the speediest. Do it. Wow. So just like an, I, I've not, I, from a team with that much talent, just hist- like I don't even I don't want to say historically bad because I don't know about the history of this type of performance, but it has to be historically bad. Like I don't know. That's really bad. Who else? Who else does this bad with that type of talent? And so they are a massive low. And Josh McDaniels, massive low. Like he comes out next week in week nine and has a performance like this again. Like he's on the hot seat immediately. He, if he's not already right now, it's a bad, bad, bad Raiders. Bad Raiders. Bad. L. L. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right, folks. Well, we are ready to dive right in. Get your bibs, get your forks, get your knives. We're going to dive right into the meat and the potatoes. Now, like we mentioned in the intro, uh, we've got a little bit of something brewing in Brooklyn. And the first ingredient in this recipe, in this witch's brew, I'm still feeling a little spooky. I know it's November. It's time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Come on, people. Uh, oh, oh, first- oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, 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 it's magic. <laughs> You know. All right, that's our singing portion. <laughs> the first ingredient in this witch's brew is the firing of Stephen J. Nash. Uh, is J wh- his middle initial? Have no idea. <laughs> Fired today as we record this. Stray and I, the fantasy group chat that we were both a part of, uh, was blowing up, and I did not see this coming. I did not see it coming. It comes off of sort of a rough start, but... The years of the Brooklyn Nets, I don't know if I necessarily blame Steve Nash. And also you- win, too. Don't forget, they won their last game against the Pacers. and They, they did. Well, it's the yeah. Pacers, so, mm. you know. But off a win. It normally happens off a loss. But or off, off a, win, a series of losses. Right, which happened, which made sense if they had um, fired him, like, when, when they were, like, 0-3 or 1-4 or whatnot. But Whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or they lose to the Bucs, you know. In, in the right, mid. right. Uh Straight, I don't okay. I just gotta we gotta incorporate the second portion of this. So, not only are they firing Steve Nash, they're looking official reports said that they are looking to bring in Ime Udoka, who, for those of you who have forgotten that name, is the Celtics suspended coach. Super interesting. I have sort of mixed feelings about it. Um, one, I don't think it was Steve Nash's fault. I think if I'm if I'm gonna be completely honest with you, I still put a lot of blame on Ben Simmons. That guy looks completely lost. That aside, I don't think Steve Nash is the greatest at rotations. Oh, he's awful. The, he's, he's not very all, good at timeouts. Awful. Yeah. yeah I don't know how well he is at managing the egos on the team, but oh, definitely bad considering the start of their season. <laughs> right. But they were able to retain KD and Kyrie. Well, I guess remember KD was like, you either fire Steve Nash or. Well, the reason back. they retained KD is because he had no leverage. Yes. And it was either don't play basketball or play, play for basketball. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he had to choose. He's like, well, at least you know he's dedicated to the sport. Fair. By the way, Trey, I, I just, like I said before, it's a very colorful situation that's uh, developing out of here. How do you first yeah. feel about Steve Nash being kind of booted? I, he's not. Uh. Yeah. It, uh, I start with, uh, it's definitely a shock in terms of timing. I feel like there was, multiple times throughout the past year plus that Steve Nash could have been fired. Right. Right. They definitely waited until the end of like after last year, considering, you know, all the changes that team went through with Kyrie not playing half the most of the season and Ben (sighs) Simmons coming and he doesn't end up playing and, you know, KD injury and, and, and the, you know what I mean? And like the shift from Harden to Simmons and stuff like that. So it was like a lot. So they definitely kind of put, all of their chips on Nash in terms of coming out of that and saying, Hey, now we're going to have a team. Let's, you know, Nash is going to be, you know, going to be the coach of a healthy team per se. Right. And then the KD thing happens with the rumors of him wanting to requesting a trade right in the off season. Yeah. And then now you get the, the like the beginning of the season hasn't even happened or we're two, three games in, and the Kyrie comments and the the post comes out, right? So it's like, and then, you know, add, like you said, Ben Simmons, 
just being a, a shell of himself. Of ben Simmons, dude, he's got it. Well, and that's maybe that is on the coach and maybe some of the culture you're developing, right? This guy mm-hmm. comes here. He's excited to play. He's in all the press conferences. He's like, oh, man, I really would love to play for you guys. Really happy to be here in Brooklyn. Right. And then he comes out and Trey, he was just, he's been miserable and he looks lost. Well, yeah. Airball and layups. Yeah, the airball, the layup. Uh, there was another play I saw where he was. He had stolen the ball and he could have had an easy fast break for his speed, his stride in in Philadelphia. When he gets like when he has only one person in front of him, it's an easy dunk like he no one can get by him. He had he had enough time, but let the guy that he stole the ball from get in front of him. It, it took him out of the pa- out of the lane and then he passed to KD who was trailing, but really not really expecting the ball kind of there as support more. And now KD has to make a play out of it. And I was like, whoa, like normally Ben Simmons is just powering through him, right? That's how he that's how he averages like 50, 60% for the field. It's because of all the dunks that he gets, especially in transition. Like those are easy buckets for him. But he's just not he's just not in doing that it. state to do that anymore. It's it seems like and I don't weird. know how long it'll take. It's weird. Ben Simmons aside though, Steve Nash leaving. I agree with you, Shrey. The timing is weird. Yeah. You look at it retrospectively, I still love him as what he was as a player, and I still love him as a guy. I think he's got the basketball mindset. I just don't think he seems a little passive in managing people. Well, I think it was one of those hires that I was like, why at the time? Because of the inexperience. And like he hadn't been a coach or an assistant coach for too long. I don't know if he was at all, if not maybe a year or something. I forgot if his past coaching history, but it was definitely not enough to take care of a team like this, where it's really delicate situations. And they're also making a push for fragile. like fragile. I wouldn't even say delicate fragile. The team is fragile. Well, right. But you think about how they, the nets loaded up their roster. Like they traded yeah. everybody away to get the three superstars. You got to make something happen. And you want to have leadership at the helm. That's, you know, you're kind of your beacon, but that's the thing is like, he didn't not do that. only not only did they load up, but they loaded up with people that you have to be the master of getting everybody hey, in line. Hey, Kyrie, Kyrie, you gotta stop burning the sage in the back, my man. You gotta it, let it go. We thought that was the worst. Like oh, oh, he got so much worse. He got, he got so much worse, right? Like I even forget about all that compared to what he's like said in the Doing current recently? situation. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have to literally understand people as like almost like a team psychologist to be the coach of that team. Well, but Shrey, they're looking to bring in now a second year potentially head coach. And this is from the Celtics. And this is a guy who is going through a scandal that not a lot of people know a lot about. Personally, personally, I Mm. really, really like him as a coach and I miss his style on the Celtics. Mm. To call Mm. the players a B-word when they were playing like B-words, you know, Colloquially, that's my expression. Uh, I think takes a lot of cojones, and I think that's what the Celtics needed. And that kind of attitude and that accountability publicly helped them turn their season around last year. A first-year coach to take them to the finals I think is very impressive. However, this whole scandal has kind of left a big, big, you know, black mark on Ime Udoka's career. And he's suspended from the Celtics, and reportedly they're just going to kind of let him go. I think it's good for him that he's going to continue his career because we still don't know the, the the details of the controversy. It seems there was some kind of affair. You know, again, I'm not going to speak because I don't know. I think it's good that he's going to continue his career, but weird choice for Brooklyn because he's not, I don't know. It just, yeah, just got just, a weird time. And there's too. been, there's been like interesting comments made online. And I'm also like, I wonder what comes out after. Yeah. Now the Celtics don't have coaching. him. Now that the Celtics don't have him. So there's that part of it, right? Like, is there any information being withheld? Are Brooklyn really just doing their due diligence? Or are they kind of in a panic mode? And the only person that they can get to really coach this team is one that's under such a scandal, right? Like, they were considering, I guess, Quinn Snyder. But my question is, no. if they really ask Quinn Snyder, would Quinn Snyder come and coach this team, right? Like, would, like who's going to come? And it's like, a, really, it's a ticking time bomb well, of Quinn who, Snyder who knows really how much yeah, but Quinn just wanted to follow Royce O'Neal, his favorite player of all oh, time. Oh, his favorite player. Well, I was going to say, Qu- Quinn Snyder already had to deal with the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell thing for like six years. 
This is so much worse. This is so much worse. So does he want to go back to that? Like, I think he's enjoying his time off considering this. So Quinn Snyder, the mob boss in Cancun. (laughs) The other thing is purely from a basketball standpoint, Max, um, Ime Yudoka as a coach, you just talked about it, how he he's more of, he's a very no nonsense coach from what we saw last year, right? He called players out publicly and they were better for it because they were young. This isn't a young team in Brooklyn. If he goes and tries to coach the same way, how does Kyrie respond? How does KD respond? How does Ben yeah. Simmons respond? Right? Very right. enigmatic personalities. Very and like that's, you know, as blanket of a blanketed of a term as i can use for them three like so that's that's what i'm saying is like how how is he he can't just call Kyrie out like that Kyrie is gonna do Kyrie the same thing in the media a fit. he'll go on he'll go online he'll host a live stream he's gonna grow his third eye and transcend the comments of Ime Udoka Ben Simmons is gonna wet the bed and then Kevin Durant is just gonna flip him off and walk out the building that's what's <laughs> so- gonna happen so like he can't coach the same way, and coaches don't really adapt. No, that's the thing. Well, he he could, but my question is: normally, coaches really don't adapt to their environment, right? When you see a coach in any sport, they normally it's coach my way the, the way highway. they coach, right? Yeah, they never say, "Oh, I'm going to like." And when they try to coach towards a certain player, it they never really works over. out. The, yes, yeah, it never really works out. The 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 players think of it as a pushover, exactly. So it's like. I don't know if he there's a win-win in the way he type he coaches really. I don't know, but we'll see. I I, I know. Well, play style wise, I think in like rotation management and timeout and like game management, it's a step up from Steve Nash. And I think kind of having that that kind of focal point at the head, Shrey, you know, looking at it on the positive side for all the Brooklyn Nets fans out there, he could kind of be that anchor and that beacon that I talked about. Somebody to just like boom, here he is. Maybe he will put up with all the other nonsense. Strictly from a basketball standpoint, he's like, this is what we have to do. Remains to be seen. Interesting choice. And we will see how this develops. The only problem, one one last comment, Max, the only problem is he's a part of said nonsense now. So, (laughs) so he normally the coach is supposed to defer out like and and dissipate all the distraction that maybe your team has been causing. But he is, he's at the, he's going to be at the helm of the distraction now. It's a distraction in the position he's in. So if he's coaching from a side, from a from an angle of uh, he's also in in a a bad situation, potentially. There's going to be questions that are uh, asked towards him about his own situation. He's not going to be able to really have any comment on other people's situation because he's going through his own thing, and so that's a difficult place to coach from, and that's a difficult position to put him through. He's not even six games into a suspension, and they're trying to make him full time head coach. I, I think maybe that's I, I the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that's yeah. the benefit of the doubt. I don't maybe know. They see the I situation, don't know. and they're like, "He's okay." I, I, yeah, we, we, you're right. We don't know. We will yeah. see. We will see how this evolves. Like I said, Ben Simmons is going to wet the bed. Anyway, moving on. The next thing I want to look at, and this has been, in my opinion, more prevalent this season than any other, and it just feels like it keeps getting worse and worse is the problem with refing and at first i was i was just kind of i'm watching a lot of nba games right uh looking at nba league pass i I watch a lot in the afternoon i just throw the games on do some work uh and one thing that i notice and that shrey kind of articulated for me is that refs this year seem to have a very very short temper and that comes with handing out technicals and handing out fouls, but but technicals and ejections especially. I just went through a list, Trey, and through on average five or six games through through every NBA team. You know, that, that's a bunch of games that have been played so far, um, but we are very young into this season. We have already had eighty five different players receive technicals. Wow, eighty five different players we're between six and eight games played for each team too that is a ton three hundred thousand three hundred and thirty three thousand dollars worth of fines yeah (laughs) that's insane yes now what i do like what i do like is that the nba fines do go to charity which i think is Mm. dope um so that's i'm not really complaining about that but just the sheer amount of money in miami 
is in the lead for uh, most fines, followed by Toronto because there was a big fight on their teams, followed by Minnesota, and then Boston uh, coming in number four. The rest of this year seem to just be handing out this stuff willy-nilly, and there's a number of notable ejections that I can think of. Why do you think this is, Shrey? Because in my opinion, I think refs, if we don't know who they are, that is best-case scenario. They should not be inserting themselves into games. They should not be throwing out these technicals. And they should not just be like putting their opinions and personal biases on the game of basketball, especially on such a big stage. And at this point, it feels a little ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to like personal biases and and things of that nature. All I can see from uh, the. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, just point. not not. Yeah, I guess not personal biases, but you can see that like with certain teams and in and, and just certain players, it seems like they go out really quick. And there's yeah, just, well, I guess, inconsistencies with yeah. how they're handing out these technicals. So yeah, that's what I, I mean okay. by biases. Yeah. So I, I agree with that clarification in that. Obviously, you're going to have the players that end up having sort of a reputation because of past actions, right? Like we know that we know the players we know. Draymond Green has had very physical altercations and Unders- on the court. Understand, but yes, yes, and so and, and Luca is is well known for really taking over the top with his complaining of fouls and stuff. He's always at the 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 technical high point, right? He's when you get to March April, you're wondering if Luca, you know, gets a technical and is suspended a game type of thing. So. He's known for that. So you get those types of, you know, the two, the spectrum of people getting technicals and, and uh, ejections and things of that nature. But yeah, for people that maybe don't have a reputation or uh, Clay Thompson, who has never been ejected in his entire career. Exactly. And then also it's just the reading of the situations this year have been awful, really like understanding who the players are within said situation that maybe if it was verbal if it was physical um i think one thing that i really hate about the nba that needs to be changed is the use of a double technical i hate it so much it's it's a it's a diffusement it's a a diffusing of blame in a situation and so they just take who instead of they they go to replay for everything else, Max. They go to replay to see if your shoelace hit the sideline, but they don't go to replay to see who started the who started a, a, a some sort of verbal or physical altercation. Yeah, and they just give a double technical or a double ejection or something like yeah. that without even yeah. reading the situation. So things like that, those inconsistencies, as you like to say, those really kind of tick me off. Of like the 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 pace of the game understanding who's in the situation it's just it's it's all All that stuff well jason tatum said it best and he said look we're playing basketball at a very high level we're all professionals this is our full-time job career and life Mm -hmm. when you play basketball physically you're getting your body worked up which puts you into a heightened emotional state and he said he's like we care about this game yeah we're gonna get a little upset yeah we're gonna shout a couple things yeah we're gonna wave our hands we are emotionally involved in this game and it's not directed at you the refs it's not necessarily directed at a particular player or the fans or something sometimes you just get frustrated and if you've ever played a sport if you've ever played basketball or if you've ever seen somebody you know if you've ever refed it or watched it you know that people get frustrated so for these refs to have such a quick temper and just boom tech boom tech boom ejection is insane to me and especially and, when you look at calm players like clay thompson yeah. who again has never been ejected uh, you look at joe Missoula of the celtics who went to go ask the referee a clarifying question which is perfectly legal in terms of the technical standards uh and got ejected because they thought that he was cursing at them he literally didn't curse wasn't yelling he just went hey ref what's going on with second tech ejected Come on now. You just see, you see all of these, and I'm looking at the list right now of all of these technical fouls that have been handed out. It is literally every day, multiple ones per day per for a bunch of different games. And some of them are for fights. You point out, you pointed out like the technical foul numbers and kind of the short temper again. Has it really changed how the players are playing? That's the thing, right? Like you would think you, the goal of, I'm assuming a river ref of, saying, hey, I'm going to stop this, nip it in the bud, technical ejection, things like that. 
is to potentially stop that behavior right that we've seen that like slows the game down or you know causes fast breaks and like it's kind of a pain point for fans of teams of like why is he complaining in the backcourt when he should be playing defense that type of thing right normally that would it would stop that type of action right like the complaining and stuff but has it really you still see it it's still rampant across the league it's not like the refs are doing some sort of good samaritan act by no. by by technique teeing up people fast Exactly. And the, again, the fact that we know refs names like Tony Brothers, Scott Foster. Yeah, you check in playoff games, you check to see what their home away record is. But exactly straight. Exactly. Everything. That shouldn't be a stat. We look at, at the at the playoffs or we look at a regular game and we're like, oh, crap, Scott Foster is refing us. tonight." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is for a lot of different teams, except for the Los Angeles Lakers. For every other team, you're like, oh, crap, we have Scott Foster. That should not be a thing because it detracts from the actual game of basketball. Yeah. And again, if you've ever played or refed or watched, you know how badly refs influence a game. So my whole point of this thing is that, yeah, it's got to stop. You can't just hand that out. And these refs can't be taking these things personally. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like when somebody throws their hand up like, oh, that's a bad call. Now refs are like, oh, you can't say that to me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it's really ridiculous it's ridiculous all right well that's that we're gonna dive right into our fantasy segment here uh folks so please enjoy uh well we start with basketball first uh and we're gonna do our three waiver wire picks and these are people who are not rostered on too too many so if you are looking for some hot pickups this week to help you win your matchups whether that is categories or points uh we have those picks for you Shrey, would you like to go first? Yes, sir. So I'm going to start with who probably is the the hottest waiver wire pickup in fantasy basketball, regardless of league. And and that's going to be Orlando Magic Center, Bull Bull. Um, mm. He's getting some, some big minutes now uh, with the guards being out for Orlando. If he can continue around a 25-minute roll, huge his he'll he's going to give you elite blocks and really good rebounds and just a good field goal percentage i feel like so bull bull is number one moving on to number two i like that i like that bull 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 bull. uh moving on to number two uh for people that are in need of threes points you know some decent rebounds max druce of Mm. the miami heat uh shooting guard he's a good option there and then finally we're looking at the deandre ayton ankle injury that happened recently um and if you need someone to get in terms of center depth while he's out jock landale looks like the person that's going to be able to give that to you he's been really good off the bench and someone i was kind of surprised about considering as a spur even with good minutes off the bench, like in a rebuilding team, didn't do didn't have too much of an impact. You could see flashes, but on a good team like uh, the Suns, even with Aiton Aiton out there, he's he's played some valuable bench minutes, and he was really good at when Aiton was out. Suns culture, baby. All right, for my picks, I've got uh, Jalen Noel, 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 Jalen Noel, Noel. Uh, I knew I was saying it wrong. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to give you a solid. If you're look, if you're in a points league, he's going to give you a solid. He's been heating up recently, and I would say he's going to give you a solid mm, twenty to thirty points if you're in a points league. Uh, but he's getting a couple of defensive stats, some solid assists, and some solid points. So mm. if you need that, he has been incredibly efficient. So if you're looking for shooting percentage, I would not pick him up. But for just straight up points and assists and a little bit of defense, I would go there. I would also look. This one's a little bit more of a sleeper, but I like him a lot, and he's passed my eye test. Shaden Sharp, he's on my mm. watch list, and he has started to cook with again some injuries, kind of changing how Portland's roster is looking. They Dame are being one team. of them. He's been in Dame the line, being starting one of lineup. Them. Yeah, Anthony Simons, if he is available in your league, that is an instant cop because he goes off when Dame is not in there. He was still solid when Dame was, but obviously splitting minutes, splitting shots. Yeah. Um, but Shaden Sharp of the Portland Trailblazers, I would pick. And then my last pick is Bruce Brown of the Denver Nuggets. Very Ooh. solid guy. Defensive guard who will hit a bunch of threes, 
pass the ball when he needs to. Yeah. And I have liked his stats. Also, again, as he's kind of fitting into the system after being in Brooklyn for a couple of years, you can see him start to emerge as well. And he's already got a couple dunks in the in the season. He's got a couple nice threes. So Bruce Brown is my last pick. And Denver really likes their versatile guards. You know how long they kept Will Barton for, right? And Will Barton is that hybrid mid-teen scorer, like passes the ball well. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So Bruce Brown just fits really well on that team. He fits right in. All right, Shrey, what about football? All right. So I don't know how I did last week, and I could probably care less because I probably did really bad. But for my week nine guarantee, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers. They're playing Detroit this week. Detroit has, as we've talked about, multiple times a really bad run defense and i think this is the perfect time for aaron jones he's been heating up recently they've had a lot of issues to their wide receiving core alan lazard is out christian watson got hurt Mm -hmm. again uh sammy watkins had one catch in a return from the ir randall cobb is hurt aaron jones is that pass catching back right now they trust him the most it looks like he has the spot over dylan right now I would trust him as a guarantee right now this week. For my sleeper, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin has been fairly heating up. I would say he's been decent. Uh, He had a really good week last week in terms of yardage and receptions. I think that's something that can continue. Taylor Heineke has shown in the past that he loves Terry McLaurin as as a target. And that's not something that Carson Wentz was able to do when he was out there. But mm. for Terry McLaurin managers out there, you got to love that Taylor Heineke is the quarterback of the Washington Commanders right now because he's getting all the targets right now, which is something mm. that maybe Curtis Samuel was sharing with, Jahan Dodson was sharing with. But right now it's McLaurin. I would trust him as a sleeper, as a wide receiver two flex option, if depending on the league. Okay, I like that. I like that. Terry, last year and the year before, was chef's kiss. Phenomenal. Yeah. This year... You're kind of a mixed team. You get mixed results. Yeah. All right. For my uh, – so I know for me, uh, Daniel Jones, who was uh, the backup to Justin Herbert. They, Justin Herbert was on a buy. Then I had Daniel Jones. Now he's on a buy. You know who I'm going to try to get in my hmm. uh, guaranteed lock? It's Geno time, baby. Oh, yeah, it is. It's been Geno time. It's been Geno time. So if Geno is still not picked up in your league, that is my lock for this week. Uh, That man has been cooking. He is the uh, taller Russell Wilson that Seattle always wanted. Uh, But he's been playing really solid. So I think that is is my lock. My sleeper is, and this is very, very situational, but if Gus Edwards is out, go Mm. with Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who else do they have to rely on? I have no clue. (laughs) Literally, they have to play someone in the backfield. uh, And they love to run the ball, so that's a good pick. Yep, yep. That's my sleeper. Um, If you can get him again, those are my picks. All right, Shrey. It's a pretty pretty solid fantasy section, I would say. Pretty solid. All right, now we've... Wow, we got to talk about football. And we've got to talk about the trade deadline. And the first thing we got to talk about is kind of the result of that Christian McCaffrey trade. Now, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, yeah. uh, but three total touchdowns. The first time since 2005 LT. that somebody is a passing, a receiving, and a rushing touchdown all in the same game. That's really awesome. First like, game that's on. Your, that's your first game as a starter. Like That's pretty cool that they trusted him with the trick play. He threw a decent – that was a 30-yard ball. Like, that's not some sort of, like, chip shot, right? Like, he has to make sure it goes 30 yards. That's that not a, a Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, 10 to 15 yarder. <laughs> that's a big boy throw. Yep. And then uh, the catch in the end zone, the reception for the, the, the receiving touchdown, really good catch. We all, we all know how good a receiver Christian McCaffrey is. And then you give him the little one yarder, he's a bruising back. It's, it's money, right? He's undersized, but he gets through. Yeah. So just a really good game. It's looking like he's going to be a vital piece, especially with Debo being out. He got a lot more run this week. Once Debo comes back, he's going to be like that team is going to be really a powerhouse in that conference and in that uh, in that division and in that conference for a shot at the NFC championship, if not the Super Bowl. 
Like that's mm-hmm. just a really good pickup for them in the short term. We'll, it's left to be said what those picks turn out to be for Carolina. But right now, Christian McCaffrey is exactly what they needed, especially if they traded away Jeff Wilson, right? So they're really trusting Christian McCaffrey and they're really trusting uh, Elijah Mitchell once he comes back to be the backup. They have a really good squad, especially offensively and defensively. We know they're really good too. So mm-hmm. I like them and they, they freaking, they blew them out this week, oh. which was awesome. Yeah. Now we've got the Eagles. The Eagles made a really huge, huge play for uh, Robert Quinn yeah. on this trade deadline. I, I mean, the Eagles, man, were already freaking solid. I said they're this year's Rams, Max. They feel like this year's Rams where you're like, how much talent you can a add, team you have? Add, it is the Von Miller, right? You just add that final like defensive exactly. piece. Like, yo. Exactly. Robert Quinn, we, he know, we know he can get to the quarterback. He gets sacks wherever he is. And that's why he's still playing in this league. He's never been uh, thought of as some sort of side piece. And that's why it took a, it took a good pick to, uh, to get him. I just like the pick. I, I, I mean, I just like the player. I like how that team is constructed. Their, de- their defense is really strong, right? So it's like they didn't forget about one side of the ball. That's what happens with some of these pickups is they're like, oh, we just got to get like the best offense out there. We're just going to get all these weapons and everything. A lot of pe- a lot of teams just kind of forget the defensive side of the ball. And any Wait a minute. We have to stop them from scoring yeah. too? <laughs> It's a shocker. I know we can't just win 65 to 60. This isn't in my game plan. (laughs) Yeah. The Detroit lions in a nutshell. Exactly. Right. Like it comes back to bite you when you start to to score that many points and, and, and try to win 33 to 30. Right. And that the Eagles aren't going that direction. They understand they have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. We saw AJ Brown have three touchdowns in the last game. Right. We know what Jalen hurts has been doing. Phenomenal. But to to then make that key pickup, that key trade for the defensive side of the ball is what sets them apart right now. And I think that's just going to make them better. It's going to give them more depth. They don't have to play their big players on the defense as many, especially on the defensive line, as many snaps. Uh, a lot of rotations save, save some guys for the playoffs. It's going to be a really it's good huge. team. It's huge. So the Bears just didn't didn't just so the Bears didn't just give up uh, Robert Quinn, but they also got rid of well, man, kind of got rid of Roquan Smith as well. Uh, what do the Bears have now? And nothing. <laughs> no, seriously, because the, no, the defensive side the defensive side is is rough now. Those are the two best defensive players. And those are the only reasons that they were kind of like hanging with teams like yeah, know, like Vikings and stuff that like Pat, that. That Pats game was because they got stops on the defensive end and Justin Fields was an effective runner. And so if you're not getting stops on the defensive end, you're going to have to what make Justin... What the heck are you doing? Justin yeah. Fields is going to have to pass a lot more and kind of, and, and kind of be that accurate passer we haven't really seen from him yet. Mm-hmm. That's going to change up how they, how they play, but... Yeah, I like Roquan Smith. He was already disgruntled on that team. I thought maybe that they've turned a corner, and he hadn't really. We hadn't really heard from him since uh, he was holding out of uh, training camp. But now we see that it, it really was kind of put to the wayside, and it kind of they needed to get they need to get uh, get rid of him. And he went to a great team, uh, a team that really needs defense right now. The the Ravens have been really iffy. To start, right? Since they got rid of their defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, I haven't seen any improvement. I've seen a lot of de- uh, regression in their defense. So this is a player who can patrol the middle of the field, who's really good at tackling. Uh, that That's going to be really useful for them as I get into the playoffs. Yep. And so you have, on top of that, this trade boggles my mind because I don't understand what this poverty franchise is doing. The Detroit Lions traded one of the only bright spots on their freaking roster, TJ Hawkinson, to the Vikings for, mm. I'm sorry, Shrey, this is a 2023 second round and a 2024 third round. And they gave up a couple picks too, right? And like they, they gave, gave up, up a 2023 fourth and a mm. 2024 conditional fourth. Mm. Uh, how does that make any sense to you? Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't. I honestly thought they needed more solid receivers versus getting rid of solid receivers, right? When you think of their best pass catchers, it was Hawkinson, Swift, and Amon Ross St. Brown. And yeah. now there's just more. And, and I think 
the Lions are kind of telling you this is a lost season. As much as hype we got from the hard knocks, the hard and knock. and you know what I mean, like in that 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 We're vibe. Netflix special. <laughs> We're gonna do something this year. Yeah, oh, exactly. No. It felt like, oh yeah, this is all we could root for because it's just like insane and crazy and fun. But yeah. at the end of the day, they're not a good team. <laughs> and Jared Goff, it felt like Jared Goff was what was holding them back. So to to limit him now and not have the catch uh, the pass catchers, uh, you're looking for even worse results. I feel like. So this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting for the Vikings side, Max. What do you think about it? I think that I, I look at who I mean. Sorry, look at who the Vikings already had: yeah. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Thielen. Yeah, and then the goat Kirk Cousins at the helm. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> now you've just added another super hot tight end who has a downside of injury risk, but this year has been really, really solid. Yeah, and Max, one what? thing we've they've had issues with the Vikings have is the tight end position, right? Since Kyle Rudolph yeah. left, and with even with Kyle Rudolph at the end, he had injury issues, right? Then they got then Kyle Rudolph left. Then they thought, okay, Irv Smith Jr. was going to be the the answer, and Irv Smith Jr. is now out eight to ten weeks with this uh, high ankle sprain that he just got, and he's been very intermittent with this playing time, right? Like he hasn't been in the on the field a lot. They got a guy now that, on paper, with being healthy, if he is, relieves all of those concerns. Um, he's a great pass catching blo- uh, uh, tight end, and he can block. He's a decent blocker too. So that, that big that's body. Be really useful. A big yeah. body, big body, and he's fast, Max. He's like he's fast. He's good. He's a he's a good. I'm telling you, Shrey, the the Vikings are they're 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 going for it this year. Yeah. They're six and but, one, Max. They're sneaky. We've talked about the Eagles a lot, but the Vikings are six and one right now. I, I was sh- as shocked as you were after this week. I was like, "Wow, these guys are really doing it." We'll see. There's two more trades that we got to talk about before we head out. Yeah, we've got Chase Claypool leaving the Steelers. Um, doesn't no I mean sense. makes zero sense for the Bears? I do not understand it. We just talked about how the Bears they- gave up their defense, the one bright <laughs> spot, and now you got a, a mid. If not an L, like <laughs> Chase Claypool is not that good. Yes, they give up a yes. second round pick for him, Max. I know, and which is which is probably a little overvalued because what Chase Claypool had two good games this year, and we're in week nine. Yeah, That's and it. who's and is Justin is uh, Justin Fields? Sorry, is Justin Fields going to start throwing now? Like they haven't been throwing to Jarnell Mooney. What's to say they're going to start? Using Chase Claypool the way that he well, Shrey. Now that we have two threats uh, <laughs> on the outside, well, this is that's all we needed. Yeah, yeah. Defenses can't account for two people. I forgot they they they're one. They're like, no, you must not have two good receivers. I will not stand for it. We can't do it. We have to leave them open. No, that's Listen, not going to happen. I was fine at one. I, I get that number conceptually. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. I don't even know what that means. Are you saying that's one more than one? I can't. Coach, we got a game plan for this. <laughs> I only talk about things in multiples of one. So you got to you got to bring this back to me. <laughs> um, yeah, r- super ridiculous. weird. And, and, and it doesn't benefit. I mean, for the Steelers, like, cool. You got a second round second pick. round like, pick for a guy that was disgruntled and and wasn't even playing well. Right. And you just got the receiver that you feel like can be the future in George Pickens in the draft. Uh I say it's a win right now. We'll see how Kenny Pickett is, but those are uh, – that's a weird trade. That's a weird trade, too, for the Bears. That, you have uh, the last trade. You have the suspended Calvin Ridley leaving the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, going to the Jaguars. Yep. And, Max, may I read out the conditions of this trade, which is very convoluted? I don't know what the conditions are, but I do know – that Mr. Calvin Ridley was suspended for sports betting. And you know one of the games he bet on? Was his own game. Falcons-Jags. Oh. <laughs> he did. Apparently, that's what I read online. It's like Falcons-Jags was one of the games he bet on. Now he's traded to the Jaguars. But Max, here are the conditions for the, the Calvin Ridley trade. Okay. If he gets reinstated by a certain date, the, uh, the return for Calvin Ridley is a 2023 fifth. If he doesn't get reinstated, it's a sixth round pick by by the date, okay? 
if he makes the team in 2024, it's at least a fourth round pick. If he hits plate, if he hits a playtime milestone that we don't know, uh, this is from Ian Rappaport. We don't know what that milestone is, but if he hits that playtime milestone, it becomes a third round pick. And if Jacksonville gets a long-term deal done for Calvin Ridley, it then becomes a second round pick. So there's literally a condition at every level of draft round compensation. Yeah. For this, uh, for, for Calvin Ridley. And I've never seen a trade like this where they've really covered all their bases. And honestly, it's like, it's like really cool to see uh, a trade like this where they're like, no, no, okay. We're going to put a stipulation on literally everything that could happen and make sure that the compensation is, is is right for what they feel. It's cool. It's cool. I've never seen it. It's left to be said whether Calvin really ever plays for the team, but We'll see. Well, but they'll be getting what? You said at least a six-round pick? So, yes. It, if he gets – yeah, so it'll start at a six. So if he doesn't get reinstated, it's a sixth round. But if he does, it's a fifth round. Yeah. So that's at right. least the bare minimum is a fifth or a sixth. Which, if he gets reinstated, right, at least for the first year, like, we'll see. And then and then there's the other stipulation, right? Like, if he makes the team and he actually plays well, then it becomes more. So, the, the Falcons really covered their bases on... Yeah, but that makes sense. Kevin and Brady, I, yeah. I think the, for the Falcons, it's a win. And for the Jaguars, if he comes back, it's also a win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. They get whatever either, they deserve. Don't, for both of the teams, it's like you either don't have to give up or, you know, get that much. You know what I mean? Like if it's yeah. just like a null and void, like, hey, we traded a player that we really didn't have. We might get a pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if we'll the, get if, a pick, but it might not be very good. If right. the Jacks if play well, play, yeah, if the Jacks play well with him, they get a, they good. have to give up a good pick, but at least they get the good player. Right. So it's, it's, it's an smart. Yeah. They went to the drawing board. They did. They put up the white, they put up the whiteboard and said uh, they had the, the flow chart. They had the flow chart go. All right, all right. So if this happens in 2024, this we did at least a, a fifth rounder here. All right. Okay. Wow. I like it. No, I like it. Hey, smart by the Atlanta GMs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well done. Hold well on. All right, Shrey. Well, that's all I've got in my pocket. I'm emptied out. All right. Well, folks, you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas, and we will see you next time. Peace.